Hello my icebergs. Welcome to the Iceberg show with Saurabh Puranik. A place to find your inspiration. So let's uncover about today's inspiration who is a co-founder and managing partner at Cornerstone Venture Partners Fund, a venture capital fund for tech startups. He is on the National Advisory Board of SME Chamber of India and the honorary executive chairman of Startup Councils of India. He was heading ecosystem and partnership at Reliance Gennex Venture Fund and Geo Gennex Innovation Hub. He was an integral part of Nascom's senior management team and initiated several path-breaking initiatives for startups. This is part 1 of our episode. If you listen to it carefully, you will feel the magic of life. If you do your job sincerely, then there is someone watching you and will give you the biggest opportunity in life. So guys, please listen to the episode with Rajiv Vaishnav sir only on the Icebox show. Let's grow together. Hello Rajiv sir thank you for accepting my invite and i welcome you on the iceberg show with saurabh puranik hey thank you sir thank you very much so let's uh, open this episode uh, with a with my first section that is you as an entrepreneur and you as a person so my question is uh, like could you please tell us about your iceberg story that is how you started your journey and uh, what was your learnings uh, of this whole journey oh wow because this question encompasses the entire life because you are saying learning and uh, how i started my journey so but then i will restrict it to my current uh, entrepreneurial kind of uh, venture that i am in right now mm-hmm. as you know right i mean you mentioned also that uh, i run a vc fund i have founded a vc fund but then even to talk about that i may have to kind of connect the dots in the past and that is very interesting let me just uh, share that with you so there was a time when uh, i was called for launching tie in india mr harish mehta my mentor uh, picked me up from a stage performance and that's another story and we will tell you about that he picked me up from the stage performance i was performing on the stage uh, i was a compare of a show and uh, he came to me and he said hey we have met somebody I said yes, Rajesh Bhai. I'm, uh, uh, you know, with the American Chamber of Commerce, and uh, you are on a committee, and I had come to meet you in your office. He said, but then how come you are here for a musical program? I said, no, that's my passion. I love poetry. I love music. So he said, uh, you know, keep this passion on, and uh, uh, come to me if at all you need any help. so i thought that you know it's a euphoric kind of a reaction because you see something you like something and you say hey i love it but then it fizzles down and i was expecting that to happen so i didn't register what he said in a sense that i said yeah that's so nice of you to have said all this but thank you very much and i just moved on but two days later he sent me an invite to tie launch of tie in india and this was 9th of december 1999 right and uh, so i thought looking at tie and then i searched tie and i realized that it's a silicon valley based organization nurturing entrepreneurs and promoting entrepreneurship and all that and then i said i am indo american chamber of commerce so there is india there is america and tie is the indus entrepreneurs that means entrepreneurs from the indus valley so i said there is a indo american connect and therefore i i got the invitation so i accepted the invitation and i went 
for the event and that was at icici the tower uh, in mumbai that was built very new and mr kamath hosted the the tile launch in the country and that was the first launch in mumbai uh, i went into the event and there was i was coming out of the elevator on the fourth floor uh, where the event was pool side and as i walked out mr devang mehta and harish mehta were standing so harish bhai said hey rajiv uh, devang i was talking about him so devang said hi i am devang mehta i said of course i know you so he said oh okay so enjoy the party and uh, we'll be in touch i said thank you so just a courtesy and i moved on enjoyed the party it was great uh, some announcements of uh, Satyam Infoway by acquiring uh, Samachar.com and uh, you know Rajesh Jain and Mr. Ram Raju uh, all were there and it was great party. Uh, two days later, I got a call from Harish Bhai's office that Rajiv come over and meet me. So I went to his Andheri office. So my office was in Churchgate. I came to Andheri. I met him. I thought he must be wanting to discuss because he was the chair of IT committee at Indo-American Chamber. So I thought that must be the discussion. So I went there and uh, he told me that uh, Rajiv take over time. I said, Rajiv, whatever little that I know, uh, Thai is a like technology-centric entrepreneurship. In those days, it was purely technology-centric entrepreneurship. So I said, Rajiv, I am not from technology. I don't understand technology. I said, fifteen years ago, nobody knew technology. You will learn. I said, yeah, but Ajay, you know, I was looking at Mr. Kanwar Rekhi and all those people, Suhas Patil and Desh Desh Pandey, and they are all angel investors, venture capital, and I don't understand finance. I'm Ajay said, I have confidence in you. You have confidence in yourself. I said, yes, that I have. He said, jump. So I said, okay. So I believed in him, and a pure leap of faith. I jumped. This was twenty years ago, nineteen ninety nine December, right? and today, in two thousand and eighteen, actually, when I left Reliance to start a venture fund, a technology centric venture fund, within the span of twenty years, from where I told Harish Mehta, I don't understand technology, I don't understand finance. 20 years down the line i started a tech based venture fund right so that's what life is all about that's where the learnings are all about and when you are looking at how i started my entrepreneurial journey credit goes to reliance i had an amazing experience in reliance and uh, you know and that again is a very interesting story i mean uh, Let me tell you that because as the flow will come, thoughts will come. I'll just share that with you. And uh, so, what happened was for 13 years. So after Thai, and let me connect the dots so that uh, uh, there is a proper link, uh, at least chronological link. So Thai, unfortunately, had to kind of 9/11 happen, and uh, America was shut for a while, and because of that, uh, the angel investors lost their hello, lost their wings. They were not. visible the technology pipeline dried out because there was no major activity happening around and that was the time unfortunately devan mehta passed and very early uh, 12th of april in fact uh so 2001 and then nascom had a lot of uh, 
you know, kind of uh, uh, introspection and how to go about it and things like that. The new leadership to step into Devang's shoes and all. And Mr. Kiran Karnik took over. And Mr. Karnik took over, then uh, they wanted to decentralize NASCOM. NASCOM was solely focused in Delhi because being uh, Delhi being a political capital of the country, NASCOM as an association for the industry was there. And they wanted to then expand the organization. So NASCOM reached out to me to say that, hey Rajiv, why don't you join us? Because uh, we need a person like you. And thankfully because of Thai, I was in touch with all the IT leadership right from the day one. And uh, so, I spoke to my mentors and I said, sir, what should I do? What do you think? So Harish Bhai, Kanwal Reiki and others who were there, Mr. Vijay Mukhi. And uh, so I spoke to all of them and they said that Rajiv, I think this is the best time for you to kind of contribute at NASCOM because Thai is almost at the lowest. And my problem is, you know, that at the end of the day, if my contribution is not more than my earnings, I'm not feeling comfortable. So when I go to bed, I see that whether today my contribution to my organization is more than the salary that I have earned. And if that doesn't match in favor of my contribution, then I'm very uncomfortable. So I, I was telling, you know, Harish Bhai that, Harish Bhai, I have nothing much to do in Thai. What should I do? What should I do? And then this NASCOM discussion started. So Harish Bhai was like, yeah, Rajiv, join NASCOM. And in any case, we are one family, NASCOM, Thai, so you can help Thai and do whatever. But do it this way. So I was wearing two hats. I was I was working for NASCOM and then I was helping Thai. And then eventually I started, I kind of had an executive director for Thai employed and then I trained them and the team and all that. And then slowly, slowly NASCOM dripped me from a lot of work, a lot of excitement, a lot of activities. So my time for Thai reduced because the team started taking over and I think that was a great uh, moving on. It was a smooth transition. And then for 13 years, fast forward, I was with NASCOM. Uh, June, July 2015, when Reliance reached out to me and said, you know, why don't uh, you consider uh, joining us uh, and lead the partnerships? Uh, I realized that, uh, you know, Reliance Industries, they had a venture fund, a corporate venture fund, and they were looking for uh, uh, for somebody to lead the partnership and ecosystem development. And I was thinking like 16 years in a not-for-profit organization like Thai and NASCOM and uh, whether uh, I should, because that show lega dialogue and I said, no, 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 let me just try it. Coming from Reliance was a huge opportunity. So I said, okay, let me try it. So I said yes, and then my worry was how will I communicate within NASCOM. So I, I was fortunate we were traveling together. My president at that time was Mr. R. Chandrasekhar. R. Chandrasekhar was former telecom secretary, government of India. And we were traveling together to Vizag. And uh, I said, sir, I need a ride with you. So he said, yeah, come on. So from Vizag airport to no hotel, 45 minutes of drive. And I said, yeah, this is great time I can which my uh, potential exit. So let me figure it out how it works because 13 years and my my involvement with NASCOM and in every uh, activity of NASCOM was like brilliant. And I was fortunate to work with all the presidents of NASCOM like Devang Mehta, Kiran Karnik, Mr. Somamethal, then RC. So I was like, how do I talk about it? 
and uh, then uh, I, I said, sir, uh, I got an offer. So he said, from where? I said, Reliance, which Mukesh Bhai, go. And I said, before the car could come out of the parking lot, I got the permission. So I was so surprised. But then he expanded his, his reaction, on his reaction. And he said that, look, Rajiv, when I was uh, the telecom secretary, I had interaction with Mukesh Bhai a couple of times. And I could see the vision that he has for India. And there is no one very close to his vision. So you will enjoy working with him. And that really happened. You know, when you get into an organization and then when you realize uh, the, uh, the, the power of the organization, what I liked about Reliance and what I learned about Reliance and, uh, was that the focus on excellence was at a, at a different level of the level. The commitment, I mean, very simple, two simple rules and that is what is very motivating. Two simple rules in Reliance is that if I invest one rupee in a business, how much more I can get out of that one rupee as against anybody, any competition. The second important thing is how much time I take to execute a project as compared to the whole world. So the emphasis on capital efficiency and productivity was so much. That and, and if, like, you know, Vidya Balan had said uh, uh, in that movie, uh, entertainment, 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 when you ask Reliance as to what's the power of success, it's execution, execution, and execution. Look at Geo and the success of Geo, right? Geo is nothing new, it's not a rocket science, it's a telecom service. And then when you look at all other competition, Geo was one to acquire 100 million customers in 170 days. Though there were facility, I mean, there were other uh, elements to, to this success, like Aadhaar and everything else, verification, KYC and all that was made easy and all that. But still, you know, the focus on execution was phenomenal. And that is what is a great learning, that you don't compromise on certain things, you don't compromise at the same time. You do embrace ecology, you challenge your limits. I mean, there are multiple stories that I learned when, when you are in the job, you realize. And that is where, you know, my, my partner, uh, my colleague, uh, Abhishek Prasad, my, my colleague, my partner, Abhishek Prasad, he was heading the investments. I was looking after partnerships and we had, so this was a pre-geo time and we had the best of the opportunities from from all over the world, like all the best startups in India used to come to us because they wanted to get associated with this huge 100 million consumer opportunity. There were startups from Israel, from Canada, from Silicon Valley, and we were kind of in the midst of the best of the brains, best of the I mean, entrepreneurs. And that was the time we started realizing that here we are working for a corporate venture fund and they have their priorities. They have their constraints in terms of whether a business is going to raise their hands to work for a startup and then they will decide to invest in a startup not to invest how much to invest and things like that and there were very genuine corporate concerns that applies to any corporate but as Abhishek and I we were, we were seeing that you know there is a huge value that one can create and can we plunge into that so I think uh, 
uh, in October, we talked to our chairman and we said, this is what is the plan. We are doing something like this. We are conceptualizing Cornerstone and uh, we want to, I mean, plunge into that. And with some resistance, but the transition took some time and all that. March 2018, we stepped out of Reliance and started working on Cornerstone. And we got SEBI approval by almost end of 18. We started fundraise. So I think this is the journey. This is how the genesis happened. That if if you you are sensitive about your environment, if you are passionate about doing something which can add value, I think uh, your journey can start. And that's what uh, happened with me. So I'm very happy about it. Sorry, a long answer to a short question. Hey guys, you like what you hear so far? So make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So thank you for your support. Now get back to the show. But sir, yes. uh, but sir, over these years, like what habits uh, shaped your career? Because your daily habits actually made that impact, and in uh, and you also able to deliver with those habits. So what habits uh, shaped your career? So I like this word habit when you are talking about it, right? I mean, it's a new word in terms of the question that you are asking and the answer that you are seeking. But it's a very interesting word. So when you look at the word habit, why it is called habit? And you know the meaning of habit, right? When I'm saying I have a habit, I have a habit of this or I have a habit of that. That means something that I can't leave so easily. Right? That is habit. So habit, if you remove H, a bit remains. If you remove A, bit remains. If you remove B, it remains. So something will remain in you, even if you move on into your life, right? And this is exactly what has happened with me. So a couple of things, and I think interestingly, and I will touch us on certain aspects of my learnings, uh, which which may be interesting. So I was, first of all, I was fortunate to to get exposure to spirituality at a very young age. So I was 14 and I listened to Ramayana and Murari Babu, uh, he was narrating Ramayana and uh, somehow it so happened that I I was there because my dad, when he went there, he told me, he's, I mean, next day he came and he said, you know, Rajiv, you must come and listen to him. And I said, why? He said, okay, okay, forget about Ramayana. But you love shairies, you love couplets, right? I said, yeah, that I love. He speaks some amazing couplets. So I said, okay. So for the temptation of learning new couplets and understanding, I went there. But once I went there, I never came back. So whenever then he used to conduct these discourses, I used to follow him in Mumbai and things like that. So according to me, I think it is very important that the early at an early age, you get some exposure to spirituality. And I'm not saying religion as spirituality. Spirituality as that, you know, today I have friends from from all walks of life. And I enjoy every amazing thing that the religion has to offer. But the point is, that will start anchoring you in your life. That will start giving you stability. That will start helping you to look at things differently. And that really helped helped me. So when you are asking what kind of habits, so one major habit, and if I call it habit, is that 
I liked spirituality. Okay, so I went deeper into it, not to an extent of fanatism, because I mean, my age was also like I was growing up, and yes, I had uh, you know a lot of enjoyment and fun with friends and all that. But the point is that subconscious anchoring was happening. So that was one. Second is from the beginning, and I borrowed this word from uh, Dr. Mashelkar. Uh, Dr. Mashelkar was our chairman at uh, Reliance uh, uh, for Innovation Services, uh, our, our uh, accelerator and uh, fund. So he always says that I am dangerously optimistic. And when I look at myself, yes, I'm dangerously optimistic. I always see something good out of uh, things that uh, are going to happen. And because of this combination of both, I go with the flow. So I don't know whether it is good or bad. I'm not making any judgment on myself. But looking at my life, I feel I'm very happy, very satisfied. I'm not a... So I'm not very proud of it. But at the same time, I don't regret because circumstances and everything was different. I was good in studies, but not that great. I had a lot of... Uh, diversions, extracurricular activities. I was very active in debates and, and recitation and dramatics and all those part. And uh, I was in the class, in the school, uh, in the ranking, I used to be uh, second rank holder, third rank holder, sometimes first rank holder, kind of a uh, study education there. But as I said, nothing so extraordinary. But I didn't regret because my focus also was like that whenever my professor, my, my principal would uh, send a note to the class that Rajiv is nominated for this debate competition in this particular school and things like that and I used to go and one of my teacher uh, did comment uh, that uh, you are burning your house and going for pilgrimage so you know there is a there is a saying in Gujarati that ghar bali that just in order to go to pil I mean, pilgrimage you are uh, burning your house so why are you sacrificing your studies and why are you going but then, you know, life is like, you can't predict, right? So the job in Thai was because I was comparing on a stage for a patriotic show. Post Kargil, we were doing a musical program on patriotic songs and I was comparing that. And again, you know, the passion for communication, the passion for uh, how I can articulate myself better uh, to be understood and things like that how I can connect with people and, and, and if you look at my journey and uh, I don't know if uh, we have time to expand on all these aspects or not even expand if I quickly summarize let me tell you I am BSc 58 point some percentage from Bhavan's College and right no great academic uh, uh, career but soon after that while I was in last year of my uh, my BSc my graduation I started, I wanted to do some business and my friend was doing a textile man or going to do a textile manufacturing business. And in those days, and this I'm talking about 1980. So 79, 80 was the time when I thought I want to do something and I will start working for building a business. So a company that we registered called Classic Textiles and we started, I joined Sasmira to do a CWMMFF, there was a certification program on, uh, you know, on, on this textile technology and I started doing that. Uh, life took turn, 
we there was some escalation in cost due to some scamming in Maharashtra and in those days and we couldn't execute because we come from i come from a very middle class family and my father at that time and uh, though i'm i'm really proud of him he told me that when he came from saurashtra to gujarat he had 2 rupees in his pocket now he has 25 rupees savings because he was he was an employee in a shipping company and he says this 25000 in those days was big money he said take it and do whatever you want i don't care even if you blow it off so that support i got and uh, i plunged into this business venture which failed so my friend's father uh, was a, a huge executive in a pharmaceutical industry he said rajiv your strength is communication why don't you jump into pharma so i said okay i think that's a good idea so i jumped into pharma i started getting interviews and there was a dutch company organon india uh, now it is called infar it's a dutch company but uh, headquartered here i mean india uh, india headquarter was in calcutta so i was selected uh, i went there i got further selected into the top 3 top 4 that they would uh, scrutinize the, the candidates and because of that uh, the managing director told me that rajiv i want a gujarati boy to develop my amdavad market so and gujarat market so you should go there i couldn't say no because uh, i wanted to be in bombay with my family and uh, but then after getting trained after getting so much uh, input and learnings from a company i couldn't say no to them so i went to amdavad i was in pharma i was a medical representative i started you know building those so reached out to kapadwanj balasinor the panchmahal district in gujarat and nadiyad and anand and the entire it was right so that was a great learning but during that time one of my father's friend was running a business on of silver brazing alloys and uh, he was looking for uh, somebody who can help scale their sales and marketing because they were traditional business uh, not even group not even house family actually so father and a son combination were doing some decent business and silver brazing alloys are the low melting brazing alloys and they wanted somebody to help in marketing and expansion of business and all for that so he offered me a partnership and he said you know he, he talked to my dad and he said you know rajiv uh, can become my partner and we can work together and all and we had a uh, uh, very close family relation so my dad called me once and said hey there is an opportunity i jumped at it i said okay this is great i wanted to do something of my own so i joined him uh, four years passed unfortunately every time that i would i would approach him about what happened to our partnership and all that he would say yeah, yeah yeah i mean you are a signing authority you can sign and draw whatever money you want i said no no i mean let's make it formal and then i'll do whatever i want So anyways, four years passed, and I was like, nothing happened. And after that, he told me, "I'm sorry, Rajiv. I think I fear that you have not more than my sons, and uh, you may take over my business. So I can't make you my partner." So I said, "Fine, thank you. No regrets. I have learned a lot. Thank you for the opportunity. There was no point in, you know, debating, arguing with him. I moved on. I." met one of my father's friend dr arun wakil at bhairidia he was the pr uh, head there 
while talking to him, he mentioned to me, he said, Rajiv, have you tried an association? <laughs> I said, Arun, by what association you're talking? And association is for retired people and, you know, cyclostyling in those days. Cyclostyling circulars, distributing among members, there is no fun. Arunbhai said, you don't know the potential of an association, why don't you try? And there is a position at Indo-American Society, which is a socio-cultural organization, that you must try. So I trusted him, I said, okay, let me try. I'm looking for something interesting and I think this seems to be interesting. So I joined there as assistant secretary and I had a secretary in the organization. That was the turning point in my life. There, on the executive council of this Indo-American society and Indo-American society was uh, a management training uh, organization, right? Not for profit organization and they were like best of the uh, Dr. Sharu Rangnekar, Mr. Suresh Lulla and uh, Mr. Venkatayar and Professor Rishikumar Pandya and the best of the trainers were, were coming on that platform and I was coordinating with them. I was So I'm proud to say now that I, was, I have played a role in launching Dr. J.M. Juran of America. He's the world's quality guru programs in India and I launched that and I if I try and recall, 8th of December 1988 was the date when we first launched that program at the Oberoi then at the rooftop. So there were, and, and the Executive Council was having people like Mr. Viren Shah, Mr. Keshub Mahendra, Mr. Nani Palkhiwala, Mr. Deepak Parekh, Dr. Arun Vakil, Mr. K.S. Neelkandan of Pfizer, Mr. Pradeep Madhavji of Thomas Cook and the host and the U.S. Council General. And these were the people. And then you interact with them. You, you, you observe them. You learn from them how they communicate, what they communicate and all those kind of stuff. I was not knowing this. I was not knowing the growth that I was getting there. But I realized it much later in my life. So three, three and a half years there at Indo-American Society and I was thoroughly enjoying what I was doing with a lot of contribution there and I learned and I thanked Dr. Vakil. And you know what? the importance of a great mentor in your life and I'll give you a small example here. My first interview after Dr. Vakil told me that join Indo-American Society and I agreed to that. Mr. V.C. Nanavati, chairman of Borosi class was the president of Indo-American Society at that time. Sterling Apartments on Pedder Road on 11th floor he was staying. And I had an interview on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning and Dr. Vakil tells me, and I was like, what, 26 years old. And Dr. Vakil tells me, Rajiv, your interview is at 11 o'clock. And uh, Mr. Nanavati is residing on the 11th floor in the Sterling apartment. And the building is like 20 floors or 20 stories, whatever. You should be, first of all, wear a suit, wear a decent tie, uh, polished shoes, be at the ground floor at quarter to 11 because if the elevator has gone up it will take time to come down at least five seven minutes so you should then take the elevator and go to 11 floor but don't press the bell wait for 11 o'clock and then press the bell. now these are all very small minute micro inputs and sometimes we feel irritated that today's youngster, if somebody tries to tell that, you know, do this, do this, like, come on, man, I know everything, you old, don't, all that. 
but in those days it was a different situation and i was coming from a very uh, non corporate background so i was really not aware of what are the what are the things that one has to be sensitive about and i was learning and that was the first day of my not even job i was interviewed by you know doctor uh, by mr v sina when i pressed the bell he opened the door himself looked at the wall clock which was which was ringing you know 11 strikes and he looked at me and he smiled and said welcome now i was selected there right so to continue the journey and i'll continue fast a gentleman came to indo american society and he sat with me i had a good interaction with him i offered him coffee and we were talking about what you guys are doing what i am doing and all that i asked him he says i am from air express international an american freight forwarding company so i said poor guy he must have thought american freight forwarding company and this is indo american chamber so i told him i said we are a socio cultural organization and there is a trade body which is separate so he said now i am looking for developing india market and i want you to join me i'll send you an offer letter and you will consider i said okay i again same feeling that oh first interaction and he's offering me a job and all it's okay so i didn't bother but then after one and a half two months i got an offer letter i went to mr deepak parekh dr arun wakil and i asked him i said sir this is an offer letter i am getting what should i do so mr parekh looked at the offer letter and he said oh i know this company and i know the person who has signed this offer letter i think this is a great company you must join because society will never be able to give you this kind of a jump and the jump was like i was earning 5500 rupees and the company was offering me 12500 so but then those days and the kind of jump which is more than 100% and all that was awesome so he said will not be able to offer you this jump you must go dr wakil said i can't stop you the offer is so tempting will miss you but you go so with the permission of my mentors with permission of my employers i went on i joined aei american freight forwarding company now this is an entirely new beast and i had to learn all over again and i completed four successful years there i went to us i made uh, uh i mean customer calls we call it consignee selling uh, in charlotte i was talking to indusol brand and multiple such companies who were clients and offices in india and things like that so we had a great time together my entire senior management left ai and joined emery worldwide so i left along with them and i started emery worldwide and uh, we emery worldwide in india so i was sitting with my agent and we were uh, you know working and all that i was sales and marketing but then in between general motors wanted to come to india and they want to establish uh, they were establishing their plant in halol in gujarat and they were looking for a part distribution center in mumbai outside the octroi limits of mumbai closer to navasheva port and things like that very specific requirement and general motors was emery's top global customer 5% of our global revenue was coming from just one customer and that was general motors so for the first time in my life in those days and this was not even able to connect the dots in terms of a year but maybe 80 no 96 96 97 time frame 96 97 yeah the first global conference call that i participated 
that on one side there was General Motors senior management was talking, then Emery senior management was talking, then my regional heads were talking. So my regional office was in Singapore. So all my bosses were in Singapore. So they were talking. And I was the only guy in India because I was the only person in Mumbai to manage Emery worldwide. So they are telling me that Rajiv, you will have to find a place or a warehouse for General Motors and you will have to do this and you will have to do that. And I'm saying, bah, 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 I'll do it. So what's the requirement? 25,000 square feet with a ramp, with Teflon flooring, from the coating and all that. With inventory management system and this and that. And everything was French and Latin at that time for me. But I said, okay, we'll do it. I started looking out for the warehouse of 25,000 without a pillar and without any obstruction and things like that. Sorry. Unfortunately, there was none available at that time. And I had to re, I had to man, I mean, I had to somehow find a solution because General Motors, we could not antagonize. They were depending on Emery. Emery was depending on me. And I was the only person here. I reached out to, to many people and one guy said, we had a window of two and a half months. General Motors wanted to launch their part distribution center activity within two and a half months. And I was talking to a guy who promised me that we'll do it. I said, what? I said, Rajasab, don't worry, we'll manage it. Okay. So there is a there is a place called the Hisar Mori, outskirts of Mumbai between Taloja and Kalyan. Shield Fata Kalyan, very famous place. But when you go there, it was a field. And this vice president of General Motors, he was acting like a, a devil's advocate all the time. And he was pushing me, which was good. Mr. Wills, I still remember him as I'm talking to you. He would click a picture of a buffalo grazing on that field. And he would post globally to say General Motors warehouse site a PDC, they used to call it, Part Distribution Center site. And immediately I will get a call from my boss in Singapore. Hey, Rajin, the picture that you, do you see that picture? And do you think that is the place? I said, boss, there is no alternative. This is the place. But then with the help of the landlord and the entire small team that we had, in fact, I had no team. I was the only guy, but his contractors and others, we worked as a family middle of the night also I was sitting there I had a bag in which I used to carry a tiffin my car was my office I used to have a small typewriter so anything that and I used to go to a nearby post office to fax the updates on the site and all that and within two months we ordered uh, forklifts we ordered inventory management system we got the software from Ann Arbor University on uh, on inventory management and we recruited people to manage the warehouse and everything was done. And I got a team and General Motors was amazed with uh, within the timeline that we achieved this. I was made logistic manager all India and uh, my head office was in Delhi. My managing director was sitting in Delhi and uh, they were like very appreciative of the work that we did. And for Emery, it was a huge achievement for their big customers. So it was all good. But then one day, my managing director called me and said, Rajiv, you are heading logistics and our head office is in Delhi. I want you to shift to Delhi. Now, that was a big problem because I was not ready to shift. I had obligations in the family. My wife had delivered twins and I had three kids. They were growing and I didn't want to dislocate the family and I couldn't stay away from them. 
so all the emotional typical guju family bonding kind of uh, weaknesses or strengths whatever way you take it but i said hey palam uh, if you allow me can i look for a job outside because i understand your constraint i think you can go ahead and appoint a logistic manager in india in delhi but i won't be able to shift so he said i can understand your constraints also and you can go ahead. so i decided to look around and called arun waki my first mentor so arun bhai said rajiv uh, there is an opportunity in indo american chamber of commerce and we are looking for a secretary there why don't you consider that i said done i wanted to stay in mumbai and i wanted to get out of emery in any case because of these constraints and all that and let them be free to choose somebody as logistic manager in india so i came to indo american chamber and indo american chamber the first and there was as such no interview because all those people were known to me from my indo american society days so it was a red carpet there but the challenges were that the my predecessor had big time problems with the american consulate and we had no relations with the us consulate our staff morale was very very low our membership renewals were not happening and on the contrary members were leaving the association and the fourth and the most important was we were in red so the chamber was bleeding and these were the challenges given to me and said hey rajiv welcome to the chamber and these are the, on on the platter i am giving you these problems I said fine so got into it literally started building relations with the american consulate with the consul generals with the teams in in the consulate and multiple such things happened and this was first february 1999 i joined indo american chamber and the the journey started there we turned around the chamber within a very short time we introduced newer programs we introduced multiple interactions with members members were enthusiastic everything started happening the staff morale and i could offer them the best of the uh, jumps the rise in their salaries and they were amazingly happy and it never happened in the history of the chamber but it, it worked out there members were enthusiastic i was selected by the us government to represent them on their international visitors program and i was sent to america to promote indo american partnership and bilateral trades and things like that so all that happened within a year uh, we started a franchisee association of india in the chamber and mr cy pal chairman cadbury uh, he was heading it and when i was in us in san diego there was a global meeting happening there and i represented the chamber and got the india franchisee for the chamber of that uh, franchisee association globally and we had a great time within less than a year and what happened was that was the time when harish mehta offered me tie that was the time when i committed to tie that okay i'll jump this was less than a year i had to tell the us government that look i'm i may change by the time i come back so i don't want you to send me as indo american chamber and i return as tai i want to make it very clear so they did some research on tai and they still felt that rajiv can contribute to indo us trade in any case whether it's chamber or with tai so with that clear communication and no ambiguity they nom- they renominated me and said no no you can please go so from silicon valley i mean from san diego i went to silicon valley i attended a couple of tai meetings i got into the spirituality of tai came back and established tai in the country and then 
I told you about NASCOM and the rest of the journey. So what I'm trying to tell you here, when you're talking of habit, one big thing that I learned through coincidences, through whatever you may call it, right? I never had a boss in my next guy. He was always remote. So there was nobody to supervise me over my shoulder. And that put a lot of pressure on me, a lot of responsibility on me, a lot of accountability on me, a lot of ownership on me. And from the very beginning, when you look at Indo-American society, you look at when even from when I was when I was a medical representative. Now, you know, medical representative, right? You are in the field and your company is somewhere and you are reporting and all those kind of stuff. So all my life, my bosses were never on my head. So, but all my jobs that I did, everybody would welcome me if I go back to them and say, hey, I'm looking for an opportunity. Would you consider me? And everybody will welcome me is because I left after checking with them that, look, this is the opportunity. I have never ditched a single organization and moved out without fulfilling my responsibility, without giving the second line of leadership into the organization. Even when at the chamber, when I left the chamber, I gave a strong recommendation of my colleague who can take over. Mm -hmm. So all those things would really help you because here you are not self-centered. Here you are looking at how the other person will view you, not from any other point of view, but from the responsibility point, from the ownership point of view. And these are some of the habits that I have inculcated over a period of time. And that is really helping me all through my journey. So here I am. Okay, so so that means uh, the freedom uh, gives you the sense of uh, responsibility also. Since your bosses are... No, it's not also, it's not also. Freedom should give you the sense of responsibility. If freedom means, then, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Saurabh, I think a very interesting point that you have raised. Uh, I was I was talking to a couple of students in Surat, NIT Surat, and there were a couple of students, we were like talking on entrepreneurship and all. And I asked, how many of you want to become entrepreneur? And there were multiple hands were raised. So I said, why? I don't want a boss. I want to make money. Yeah, I, I want to have the freedom. Now, if this is the concept with which you are entering or you are venturing into entrepreneurship, then you can't be successful. When, and let me tell you a story, and I love stories. So in my musical journey, right, I mean the parallel track that we don't have time to discuss, but there's a parallel track where uh, I started hosting shows and all that. There were There are many friends in the music industry. So Babulal Gandharu is one of those very dear friends. And Babulal Gandharva has invented an instrument called Bela Bahar. Bela Bahar is a combination of sarangi and violin. So one day he called me and he said, Raji, my show is here. I said, definitely, we'll come. So I went. This was the show in the blind school at Dadar. And Babulalji was playing and I was one of those who were listening and who were seeing also. Others were simply enjoying the music and listening. After the show, after his performance was over, I went to Babulalji and I asked him, I said, Babulalji, amazingly played. Uh, I have one question. He said, he asked me. I said, when you were playing, I was observing your face and expressions. Sometimes you were very happy while playing and sometimes you were like upset. Why? What was happening in your mind? 
So he said, Rajiv, very simple. Any good performer will have a listener in his ears. He will place a listener in his ears. When I was playing well, my listener was telling me that, hey, I'm doing a great job. So I was feeling very happy. But when I was making a mistake, he would reprimand me and say, hey, guy, you are making a mistake. And that was bringing those expressions on my face. Small incident, but great learning. That you must keep analyzing yourself. You must, that freedom is bringing a lot of, like, like how uh, a Spider-Man says, right? Power brings a responsibility. And that's exactly what happens any walk of life. When you get freedom, you have to kind of hold on to yourself and say, hey, what this means? And how do I define my freedom? And when you are answerable, and that answerable word is very important. See, entrepreneurs today or budding entrepreneurs today think that when they have their own startup, they are not answerable. They don't realize that startup is a separate entity. And you as a founder or a co-founder or a CEO or whoever is reporting into that entity. Now, unless you have that reporting, your mental reporting, your commitment, your ownership to that entity, and that entity is very, very sacred. So every entrepreneur has to understand this thing very clearly that you are not owning your company, your company, you are reporting into your company and that company is different. And therefore you are equally responsible as the rest of the team. And unless everybody coincide and, and, and do the kind of synchronization of your, of your act, the orchestra will become a noisy uh, place where the instruments are being play, played randomly. You know, a startup is amazing or any organization is a great orchestration. So when an individual is playing an instrument, it may be musical, it may not be, it may, it may just produce sound. But when everybody, a coordinated effort is, is producing music, that orchestra, that is symphony. So a successful startup is always an amazing symphony. And when you look at that, you realize that, you know, this is the power of this organization. This is the power of the team. This is the power of commitment that you are seeing. And, and that's the beauty. That's the fun. Actually. Yeah. Okay. You have just listened to the episode with Raju Vaishnosar with your host, Savra Puranik on The Icebox Show. You can also tell me about your takeaways from this episode on LinkedIn at Savrapuranik and on Instagram at underscore Savrapuranik. Thank you for listening to The Icebox Show. We hope you enjoyed our deep conversation and got the inspiration to push your limits. So please share the podcast with others on social media, subscribers, rate The Icebox Show and leave a review. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you again and I will see you next time. Until then, let's grow together.